0: Isn't it wonderful to hear the sounds of the nations come together in one place? Aren't you grateful to God that you're part of the wide family all over the world, every nation, tribe, and tongue? Well, in the few minutes I have with you tonight, I just want to draw your attention to a very famous and indeed a very familiar part of the Bible for us. And usually around this time of the year, we start to think a little bit more about the birth of Jesus Christ and His reason for coming here into our glorious planet and what it is that it means to us to be followers and indeed, more importantly, lovers of God Himself. If you have a Bible with you, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2 for me, please. I'm going to read from verse 8, if I can. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Well, I think you would be, wouldn't you? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do you think we might be some of those all the people amen? Yes. amen today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the Messiah the Lord this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger and suddenly a great company of heavenly host appeared with the angel praising and saying glory to God in the highest heavens And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And I'm sure the Lord will bless the reading and indeed the communication of his word to us tonight. These are very, very familiar phrases. Is there anybody here who hasn't heard them before? Everybody usually has heard these. And if you haven't heard them before, you've probably seen them written on Christmas cards. Is that still a thing? Do people still send Christmas cards? Is there anybody who actually has sent an actual Christmas card this year? I thought they were being phased out. How many times have you repeated them yourself? Over the years you've walked with Jesus, over the years you've sat under someone speaking or teaching around the whole narrative of Christmas... Hundreds of times? Have you heard them thousands of times? You see, the problem with some of these words is they've become so familiar to us, perhaps we've lost sight of their truest and most glorious impact. As I look at these words, I see that the Lord offers us three promises, three things that are connected to the coming of Jesus to our world. The first one is glory in the highest heavens. Do you know, as we sit here today... As we sing our songs and worship our God and interact with one another with all that we are and all that we have, the heavens declare the glories of our Lord. There are angels worshipping far more passionately than you or I. They have more revelation of the glorious reality of the Son, the Most High God, God perfect in all of His greatness, and they will worship Him consistently and persistently. And you see, the wonderful thing about heaven is, it will never get boring. When you get to heaven, please don't worry whether or not somebody will recognize you. Nobody will have any eyes for you whatsoever. All eyes will be fixed upon the One. The One who is glorious. Everlasting to everlasting is His glory. Often people come to me and they say, will I recognize my wife or my husband? My hope is that you won't have eyes to see anybody at all. As good as that would be to connect with them, there is someone you're far more in love with that will draw your attention and keep it for the rest of eternity. And I love this thought when I think about the glory of God and the heavenlies, that like they have never truly seen or understood His glory, they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and worthy to be praised. Another angel rushes to the front with a deeper revelation of that same truth. And they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and worthy to be praised. And then all the angels sing and rejoice and give glory to God. For He is good. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is the Most High God. You see, church, the truth is we can't see His glory in all its fullness here on earth. But this night, above all nights, his glory is announced to the world. And that glory is perfectly formed in a tiny little baby. The Messiah has come. All of the singing, all of the praising, all of the adoration turns up in swaddling clothes. In the middle of our human condition, the glory of the Lord visits the earth. The glory has come down so that we may be lifted up. The glory has come in so that our brokenness can be restored. The glory has invaded us so that we can be filled with God's goodness. Glory manifests in a little baby. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing I noticed is that it promises us peace on earth. Well, you might ask yourself the question, where is that? It would seem to me as we go further and further towards the return of Jesus that there is less and less peace on earth. So what is this invitation? What is this revelation that the angels are singing about? Well, let me explain to you how I think peace turns up on earth. It turns up in the heart of an individual who has seen the reality of Jesus Christ. God incarnate in the flesh turning up in our world has invited us and drawn us into His world. He is, after all, the Prince of Peace. And when we think of peace, we're not thinking of the absence of problems. What we're thinking of is the presence of God. God in His governance, in His glory, in His power has turned up in the midst of our ordinary everyday lives. And peace, peace on earth, can never happen through a convention. It can never happen from a conference. It can't even happen through the preaching of God's Word, as good as God's Word is, unless we have an appetite to come to God, repent of our sins, and offer Him our lives. There is no peace on earth. You cannot have peace without the Prince of Peace ruling and reigning over your heart and life. It is true to say that peace begins when we offer him our lives. And he comes and he cleanses us from our sins. And suddenly, although we were enemies with God, we have had ourselves reconciled through Jesus Christ. He is our peacemaker and our peace giver. But there is greater levels of peace that we can experience even than that glorious salvation. And that is peace that knows our sins are forgiven. Peace that recognizes our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Peace that works through the brokenness of our soul as God restores us and makes us more like Him. There is a peace and a peace and a peace that is a consistent invitation to the child of God because the Prince of Peace, announced through His glorious incarnation, has turned up in our lives and turned our lives back up the right way. Peace is not something we just sing about. It's something we have with God. And can I tell you this truth? If you don't have peace with God, you won't have peace with your brother. If you don't have peace with God, you won't have peace with your wife. If you don't have peace with God, you will never have peace with your community. Because only the Prince of Peace, when you have restored peace, can give you the capacity to live in peace. Your sin will always keep you at enmity with God and other people. It's only when it's forgiven. It's only when we've repented. It's only when we've been cleansed. And it's only when we're restored that actually we can start to walk in the peace that is offered to us in Jesus Christ. So glory in the highest heavens. God's glory has turned up. And the epicenter of that glory is a child in a manger. The Messiah has come. All of heaven's breath is waiting to see what will happen. And peace on earth is not a convention or even a conviction. It's God restoring us to him. And God restoring us to each other. And of course, you know that the final invitation here is goodwill towards men. There is a connection between these three realities. God's glory has turned up in our broken humanity. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. God's glory has turned up in our humanity and restored for us a peace that was lost as a result of sin and separation. He brings us home into a place of connectedness with Him. Our sins are forgiven, our hearts are restored, and out of that we get to live in peace and harmony with other people. And the outworking of that is goodwill begins to spread amongst men. You see, one of the things I love about the church is it gets to demonstrate what this looks like before we take it to the world. We get to live with the reality and the certainty that the God of glory has come to abide in us. We get to live in peace with God and indeed learn to live with peace with ourselves and beyond that, peace with others. And then the goodwill to all men, That's when we start behaving like we were created to behave. That's when we start accepting like we were given by God to accept. That's when we start loving in the same manner in which God has loved us. And if you want the world to change, and I certainly do, and at this time of year that really is the biggest prayer we could pray, then let me remind you that the glory has turned up in the child. The child has invited us to restoration, restoring our peace with God our peace with ourselves, and our peace with each other. And goodwill to all men means that we lift ourselves beyond our own experience of God and reach into a world so desperately in need of God to turn up for them. You who have been given so much get to give so little, but it has such a huge impact on the people around us.